0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 246 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Omnipod, Dexcom, and Dancing for Diabetes. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, or dancingfordiabetes.com, that's dancing, the number four, diabetes.com, to learn more. I'm not actually sure how to describe this episode, just... Let me give you the high-level overview. Maddie is a college student. She has type 1 diabetes. She's a ton of fun. And periodically, she throws her family under the bus, which I found delightful. Let's do two disclaimers today instead of one. First one, nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before becoming bold with insulin or making any changes to your medical plan. And if you're part of Maddie's family... I wouldn't listen to this. And trust me, there's no reason for you to listen through. Nothing bad happens. She's just, I mean, you know, Maddie's confident girl. She's pretty sure she's her parents' favorite child. And I, look, just take it from me. If you're related to Maddie, stop listening. Everyone else have a ball.
1: Hi, my name is Maddie, I'm 20 years old and I've had type 1 diabetes for seven years. I go to the University of Iowa and I'm the Vice President of College Diabetes Network at Iowa. My life right now consists of a lot of diabetes related things and so I thought I'd talk about a few of those things.
0: So you got diabetes around the time around the age that Arden is now, so arden 's fourteen going into fifteen yes. or thirteen so but, but it was in that sort of formative time right there
1: Mhm yeah, I was in seventh grade, and um, middle of middle school
0: <laughs> just like the middle of the year, everything's chugging along, and then one day didn 't feel yes. well or what happened
1: um, well it was it was a funny start to it. Um, my mom thinks this is what really triggered it. It was a Sunday morning. And, my friend had this weird birthday party where she came and kidnapped you in, in your bed <laughs> and took us all out to breakfast. And uh, we all had IHOP. And we all know how many carbs IHOP is. And so then the following week, that Monday, I just didn't feel good. Like I, my first symptom was just stomach ache. I felt icky. Mm-hmm. And we all thought, uh, my mom was like, oh, there's a thing, you know, bug going around. So that was our, um, you know, figuring for the week and i stayed from home from school on monday and then tuesday i was like i feel a little better i'll go and then i called my mom i was like no i don't feel better and i came home and um as the week went on this is actually the week of thanksgiving i stayed home from school on wednesday again and then thanksgiving came around and i was just kind of like i don't know uh lazy all day i tried to eat like thanksgiving dinner but then long story short I ended up going to the hospital at eight o'clock on Thanksgiving evening.
0: (laughs) That sucks. I'm sorry.
1: It's okay. I I can never eat pecan pie again because that was the last thing I ate before I went to the hospital.
0: So here's the thing I'm trying to figure out. Oh, by the way, I once had, uh, uh, I stopped at a Kentucky Fried Chicken one day and got like little chicken nuggets because I was hungry in the middle of the day. And then my appendix exploded later that night. I couldn't even look at a K, and I'm not a KFC. But it's not like I was there constantly. I just I was driving yeah. down the road. I was hungry. That's what was there. And then we tried to go back in like six months later. The smell of it panicked me. So oh my god, I hear you on the pecan pie thing. Now yeah. but you skipped over something that I need to go back to. Yeah, you said your mom blames this. Does she blame the kidnapping or the IHOP?
1: I think the IHOP. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had pancakes and we were ordering milkshakes at 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like go all out have whatever you want seems
0: like a nice birthday for a for somebody that age um, oh yeah it was fun do you know and this isn't funny but you are now the second person on the podcast who's been kidnapped yours wasn't a real kidnapping <laughs> but the first person's was did you ever hear that episode no what was that one about it's amazing this woman um was like kidnapped thrown in a in a like you know, oh, and the trunk, trunk of she a car, to, and she used yeah, her pump to. Yeah, I saw that news story. It. It's great. I have. Oh her my on gosh, I have to
1: listen to that. Oh my gosh, she, that's I'm, so cool. I
0: forget what it's called. It's probably called. You know me. It the, the episode's <laughs> probably called "Nothing About Like What Happened." It's probably it's probably <laughs> called like Jack in the Box, and you're like, "What does that have to do with anything?" And I'm like, "Oh, she said Jack <laughs> in the Box during the episode." But um, yeah, no, no, it's actually. I think it is something like somebody's pump saved their life. I can't think of her yeah. name right now. Anyway, I'm glad you weren't for real kidnapped. No. So you're. Growing up with diabetes, 13, 14, 15, 16, thinking of going to college. Now, are you from Iowa or did you?
1: Yep, tra- I'm from Iowa. Yeah.
0: So you didn't <laughs> transplant to go to college. Okay. So are you close to home?
1: No, I'm I'm five hours away. Oh. So I'm bis- literally on the opposite sides of Iowa. So I... Everybody asks, oh, you're from Iowa, you know, you're 30 minutes away like everyone else. No, I'm actually across the state, which I like it that way. I mean, then this way I can be just far enough, but I can still drive home.
0: <laughs> Your answer has um, shown a light on my ignorance again, because in my mind, Iowa is like as large as Rhode Island, but it's not. Yeah, it? yep. It's big. Okay.
1: <laughs> it is.
0: You guys have like a big chunk of the middle of the country there? Like you're, Yeah. You know. I
1: mean, I don't know how many miles it is, but it's, it's a you know, decent.
0: Is it a five-hour drive with an East Coast driver, or is this a Midwestern sort of a situation? Because I drive, and if anyone's listening, this is just for fun for the podcast, but I like to get up to about 85, 90 when I'm on the highway. Yes. Now, is, is that how you're driving across Iowa?
1: I do not drive that way, but I had a friend who would drive me home last last year, and she would be going 95 probably the whole time. We, we could make it in four hours.
0: I mean, what are you going to run into? Dust? I don't understand what Iowa is. <laughs>
1: No, there's plenty of policemen.
0: <laughs> I used to think that my ignorance of Canada was just because it was Canada. Now I realize I don't know anywhere where I haven't been.
1: Yeah, come to the Midwest. It's, it's fun.
0: All right, see, I, I like that. All right. I, listen, <laughs> if invited, I will come.
1: All right. Uh, all right. Are
0: you anywhere near an airport? See, again, here's, um, my, here's my ignorance. I'm,
1: I'm uh, Cedar Rapids Airport is a thing, but that's very very tiny. <laughs> very
0: tiny. All right. I'll drive in. Time for your weekly reminder to visit dancingfordiabetes.com. That's dancing4diabetes.com. the number four, diabetes.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Did you bring the College Diabetes Network to your university or was it there?
1: Oh my gosh. This is kind of like works into how I'm literally like as connected as you can as a type 1 diabetic. Um, I was part of a Facebook group, just like a general Dexcom trying to get, you know, because I kind of did my own Dexcom, like, on my own. I just said I wanted it and I got it. And so I wanted to make sure I had, you know, somewhere I could ask questions. And one day, a post popped up on the Facebook page and it said, Hi, um, we are a, a small diabetes network at Iowa, University of Iowa, and we're looking for ways to send uh, supplies to hurricane victims in Puerto, or where was it? Puerto Rico? I think, yeah. Like last year, whatever. Just last year, okay. Yeah. And I literally saw that. I was like, what? I go to Iowa. <laughs> and I was like, I, I like commented <laughs> on it. and I had all caps. I was like, are you kidding? Ca- what? I go here. What is this?
0: <laughs> you were like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and like things on a monopoeia shooting up over your head. Yes. You like, Iowa? I'm in Iowa.
1: Yeah. It was crazy. And so, I mean, I was so thankful for the community online because that's literally, I mean, she was on the same campus as I was, but I didn't even know who she was. So I joined their group chat, started going to their meetings, and um, yeah, this year um, we're trying to get it. I mean, last year was the first year that they were actually um, well, we're not official really, but this year we are. Um, so we've just been trying to get more people and um, having events and stuff like that. But it was just a crazy, you know, happenstance because when before I came to college, like I was, you know, I was as nervous as ever. I mean, obviously coming to college, like you know, being diabetic and So I was like online looking at every single resource there was, and CDN was a really good resource online. I mean, I used their list, you know, how to tell your roommate about diabetes, like um, so many different resources.
0: How do you tell your roommate about diabetes?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, you, I mean, I used it, I I kind of started off as like, well, I have this diabetes, and like the number one thing is you're going to hear alarms at night, and I'm very sorry. Um, and that was the number one thing. I was like, I'm really sorry. Like it'll wake you up, but I'm just trying to live here. Um, and then I taught her how to use glucagon. If I, if she hears it going off, you know, a trillion times and I'm still not awake, you can come over, see if I'm conscious. And then I taught her how to use glucagon and she uh, luckily had a cousin with it. So she kind of knew, but, um, yeah, that was my number one thing because I just I always felt really bad when my dexcom alarms would go off. but it's a thing
0: <laughs> i uh, I'm laughing because I feel like I've i you've explained it you know from your you know your angle. I'm thinking of her angle like she's unpacking her stuff and you're like, hey, uh, I have this thing that's gonna beep all night long, and I might go unconscious. Can you help me with this drug? <laughs> I think she's just like, is there? It's got to be another room for me to go to, right? I, can't, I mean, she seems like a nice girl, but I don't want to be involved. Or was she like just like, hey, right on, I can do that?
1: Yeah, she was kind of like, okay, you know, like, and luckily we we chatted on um, over, you know, Prior. there's roommate matching and everything. We chatted mm-hmm. beforehand, but I actually ended up. This is a good tip for people. I kept an uh, an expired glucagon. And then I made her do everything except inject me with it um, to make sure she understood what all goes into it because it's a complicated process. It's it's annoying. I'm sure
0: you didn't mean made. You're not forcing this poor girl to do things. You're just. The, I understand what you're saying. Uh, yep. She's not trapped in your room right now, locked to something in case you get low, right?
1: Like, is she your no.
0: diabetes alert person? <laughs> no, no. Um,
1: I'm kind of the opposite of that. I like. I almost ride solo. Like I don't share my data with anyone. I you know, sometimes I'll try to vent with to my friends and I'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about, but that's sad. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. So what do you, um, I want to dig more still into the, the idea of going away to school just for, for. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You,
0: you said you did a lot of research online before mm-hmm. you went, I, I, obviously some of it was to set yourself up with a roommate and find somebody who you could, you know, explain things to prior to getting there so that you're not just dropping this on her while she's unpacking her pillowcases no. and you're yep. like, oh, hey, by the way, the happiest day of your life is not going to be happy much longer. Let me explain a couple things to you. But what else goes into moving away and managing yourself? So my first question is, were you managing on your own at home while you were in high school or were your parents involved? Let's surf the web together. Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. box. Make knowledge your superpower with the Dexcom G6 CGM system. That's what you're going to see when you type in Dexcom.com forward slash box. There's also pictures of what the Dexcom G6 sensor looks like, the receiver, what it would look like on your cell phone, if you had an Apple watch, all kinds of good information here. But then there's a button. It says get started with Dexcom G6 and you need to click on it. Once you do, you fill in your name, a bit of information about yourself, etc. What kind of diabetes do I have? Boom. Next. You're not a robot. Stuff like that. Next thing you know, you've done it. You've taken the first step towards understanding what your blood sugar is doing. How fast it's moving. What direction it's going in. And once you can see that, you'll be able to make treatment decisions that are not just you know, like sloppy, ham-fisted, like, oh, I hope this works, I'll eat all these carbs and I'll hope that works, I'll wait a few hours and I'll test again, like, that all just goes away. When you can see the direction and speed of your blood sugar with your Dexcom G6, things take a leap, things get easier. Our results are ours, of course, and yours may vary, but I am 100% confident in telling you that when you can see your blood sugar in real time, it makes all the difference in the world. So why don't you start today? Dexcom.com forward slash There is a whole new world waiting for you. Were you managing on your own at home while you were in high school or were your parents involved?
1: My parents have really never been involved, um... I like at first my, my parents were like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. You know, my dad gave himself his first shot and we, we did everything in the hospital together and then, um, it kind of drifted away from like any of my parents, uh, you know, input in, in middle school, I would call them for the first, like two weeks of being back at school. By the way, I went back to school, you know, it's how Thanksgiving works. Uh, it's, you know, that Thursday to Sunday, like a school break. I got out of a hospital at like three p.m. on Saturday or Sunday, and I went back to school the next day.
0: Yo, marry a girl from Iowa—they're <laughs> tough. That's that's what I'm learning here. So I want to—I oh, yeah. want an Iowa girl to 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 build my family with because you're apparently <laughs> like just gonna get like the flu and then get up the next day and go to work. So I'm I'm, I'm yeah. So you're right back at school. Is this yeah. sort of your? I know it's hard to think back to when you're 13, but what do you think that was? Do you think it was that no one made a big deal out of it? that you didn't know that it was a big deal, that you were just a stubborn kid or like what got you back up so quick?
1: Well, I mean, my parents have always pushed me to just be like, well, you're fine. Go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like went back to school and I, cause I was just kind of like, well, I mean, I guess I have the tools to do what I need to do. I think our school nurse and my mom was really good friends with the school nurse. And I think she came over to our house and we were like, okay, what's happening? And kind of shuffled everything together with a 504 plan and got it in the file on Monday. But, um, I think the most part was just kind of like, I'm not sick anymore. It's going to be hard, but I can still learn, you know,
0: Was there any, I, I
1: was healthy again.
0: Was there any lack of knowledge that maybe made it easier? Like, I don't want I don't mean ignorance in the classic sense of the word, but was there a little ignorance about what was going on? So you weren't like worried about things or did you understand the, the pitfalls?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I didn't really grasp how scary lows were. Um, I had my first low walking out of the doors of the hospital, and I said, I feel tingly. What's happening? And we tested it. It was like 55. Like, I just, you know, obviously, you're given all this insulin, and then you're up from your hospital bed, and boom, your blood sugar's going to plummet. And so I was like, oh, this is scary, but it'll be fine, you know? And then I got to school, and every low for that first month was very scary because I felt just awful, you know, and... And I would t- I would take a buddy to the nurse's office, but that's that walk was never fun, and I I didn't realize how scary that was yeah, going
0: to be. Yeah, not an not an upbeat like, hey, I get to go with a girl who looks like she's going to pass out to the nurse's office. Yeah, now, yeah, hey, yeah. Trust me. I, although there are some kids who want to get out of class so badly.
1: Yeah, they, there were all the always those kids. Yeah,
0: they'd put up with a <laughs> passing out friend to get out of class. So yeah, so th- so that's interesting because you do like. I remember being incredibly unsure leaving the hospital. So unsure that we didn't make it out of the hospital. We just went downstairs to the cafeteria and fed Arden because it seemed, because it seemed unsafe to put her in the car without food in her stomach. Yeah. And, you know, so like we're, da- I remember, I can picture it in my mind right now. And I'm telling you, it was 13 years ago this summer. Yeah. And I can see my wife and her and us sitting there and looking at all this food and not having any idea what to do and then pulling out that, that vial and those needles the first time and being like, oh my God, I'm am, I am completely lost. But it, yep. it just felt like I couldn't put her in the car if she didn't have food in her stomach. I felt, like, I felt like that for a long time. And so what kind of gear did you have seven years ago leaving? Was it just pens or?
1: Um, well, um, I left the hospital. Well, I was using syringes in the hospital, which... Mm-hmm. I just hated, you know, you had to get the little, you know, it's hard to see those little marks, you know, and, and I'm doing that every meal and then I got out of the hospital and I had the little, like cartridges that you could dial and so I was lucky I got, um, you know, half unit Humalog pens. Okay. Um, and then I was on Levemir, which is not really even heard of anymore. (laughs) Um, and so I was on that.
0: Yeah, Arden used Levemir too.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Because Lantus burned. She would say when she injected Lantus, it burned, and so we tried Lantus. Oh, yeah. We tried I've it, heard that. And it was better. Um, uh-huh. But... And so
1: I, I had one of those little uh, one-touch... It, it, it was like the classic meter that they gave people in that time. It was the, the little oval one-touch meter mm-hmm. that was kind of small. Yeah.
0: They're here. It's your 35-cent meter. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure this works. Just I remember being in the hospital, and they testing Arden, They tested Arden's blood sugar with this meter that was like bigger than a brick. And it it obviously looked very expensive. Yeah. And they tested her blood sugar, and I don't remember what it came up as. And then they tested her again with the meter. They said, now this will be your meter. And the two numbers were nowhere near each other. And I held them up, and I went, is this not problematic? Yeah. And and they're like, no, you'll just go with what your meter says. I said, but it says such a different number than the one that I'm assuming works really well. She goes, oh, yeah, this thing's really expensive. You can't afford something like this. And they're just for hospitals. And I went, wait, what? Like and she, and she smiled and just left. I was like what the hell? Like, like you know like, like that's not an answer and I've learned yeah. since then. I've learned since then how to deal with that you know and meters have gotten incredibly more accurate over yeah. time. Actually the one we're using now is insanely good. But um but but point is it's a really frightening time. So you leave now the part that throws me off is that you said you've pretty much been on your own the whole time with it. So I see 13 is pretty young. But maybe if I grew up in a place where I imagined I might be swept away by a tornado, something like this would not scare me. I don't know. Um, so let's first ask, how many tornadoes have you lived through?
1: Oh, gosh. Three or four, maybe. <laughs> let's
0: put it in perspective for the people listening. Maddie <laughs> has to live through tornadoes. How do you do this? Do you hold onto a pipe in the basement like a twister? Because that's how I imagine it.
1: Funny story. I have to tell you the story. Keep um, Last... <laughs> Last, uh, I think it was September, um, I was out to dinner with a friend um, in downtown Iowa City, you know, having a nice time. And there's a tornado warning out. And they're like, literally, there's a tornado like 10 miles away. And we're like, oh, great. So we can't have dinner. So we thought we were going to have to leave. No, it's way too bad outside. Like, it's blowing everything away. And so the restaurant, as we're all sitting there, they're like, okay, everybody, go downstairs. You know, we'll keep you here. We're going to suspend service, but we'll keep you safe. We went to the basement. And then this this, uh, restaurant starts handing out bottles of beer because we were going to be down there for a while. (laughs) And so they were handing out water and beer, and there's little kids down there, and they were handing out, people had their food down there. We were down there for a good 30 minutes.
0: Well, listen, when you're flying away in a vicious cloud of dust, debris, and wind, you don't want to be straight for that. You definitely want to be a little buzzed so that it's fun (laughs) until you get slammed into whatever you get slammed into. I I swear to you, my knowledge of what you just said rests solely in the Helen Hunt um, movie Twister. I don't know anything else about it. Although I have a a slightly... (laughs) My tornado story is not as scary as yours. But the first time I flew into the Midwest and I was walking through the airport going to find my car, there were signs like every, I don't know, 50 yards yep. that designated a door as a tornado shelter. Yeah. And the more I saw, the more I was like, I'm going to get back on the plane and leave. Like, what? <coughs> Why do they need so many tornado shelters? Are they just going to, you know, it was, I didn't like it at all. Per,
1: per, per <laughs> we're preparing honest. for the worst all the time. It's fine. We'll oh. get any, any measure of, of bad weather. So we got to be prepared.
0: <laughs> so I am really getting to that idea. Like I, I don't live a life where I think I'm, where there could be a tornado. Okay. And so I'm this might be a far reach, but I am looking for the reason I'm looking for the way your parents were able to look at, unless they're just bad people, which I don't think they are. <laughs> Cause you seem nice. I'm looking, I'm looking for the way that your parents were just like, Oh yeah, she's 13. She can handle this.
1: Well, um, yeah, it's kind of I mean, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm the most responsible person in my family child. You know, I'm very organized. Well, not organized. My room is a mess all the time. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm organized. I like control over things. Um, And, you know, a few days after I was diagnosed, my parents told me they're like, you know, we know that if any of our other kids would have been diagnosed, they probably would have had a really hard time with it. But we know that you are, you know, responsible and you can take this on and we're really grateful for that. And they knew that they knew that I was, you know, taking things by the horn. They saw me doing my math um, beforehand and I was doing everything right. You know, I wasn't I've never been a kid who was like, no, I'm going to sneak a little extra, um, you know, cheese it's here or whatever to, you know, not be low or something like that. You know, they saw me caring about it um, from the beginning. And so I think that they trusted me with it. Um, and also they they kind of realized how little they I mean, both my parents are our healthcare providers as well, but my dad's a chiropractor, my mom's a nurse practitioner. Okay. And so they, they kind of knew a little bit, but they were also like, wow, this is really technical. Okay.
0: (laughs) I'm busy and I don't want to do this. That's what I would have thought. But listen, do you mind if I call this episode favorite child? Your siblings won't hear (laughs) this, will they? And to find out your parents' assessment (laughs) of your, how many brothers and sisters do you have?
1: I have three. Um, And the funny thing is, when I went away to college, my mom told me she'd miss me the most.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I just want to speak directly to your siblings at some point in case they hear this. I don't know what it feels like to find out you're not only not your parents' favorite kid, but that they don't miss you. (laughs) But it must be heartbreaking, and I'm sorry that it happened on a podcast. I really do feel badly. if you guys want to get together coordinatedly, And treat your sister really poorly over this. I think that's valid. So, you know, at the holidays, maybe you get the kind of junky gift and, you know, (laughs) they all just kind of look at you and go, oh, look, the favorite. Got got a broken hockey stick for Christmas and she doesn't even play hockey. (laughs) Okay. So I like your enthusiasm because whether or not, because you realize, seriously, that you're, you're. When your family hears this, your mom's going to be like, oh, I told every one of those kids they were my favorite and I was going to miss them the most. I can't <laughs> believe this poor girl thought that for real, but okay. And the other ones think for sure that you're out of your mind or yeah. worse, worse, they actually know you're the favorite and they secretly don't like you because of it. This is very, <laughs> I, I like this. Are they all still in Iowa? Well, how would they get away? There's no airport. I guess oh, they, they're all no, there, no,
1: no, no, right? Um, My brother lives in New York and my sister lives in Chicago. So they are, they're gone. I mean, they're not coming back to the Midwest <laughs>
0: Maybe they've had the last laugh, is what we're saying. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, you go be the favorite in Iowa. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, that's tough <laughs> because I'm sure it's a lovely place. Uh, yeah. are, do you have plans to leave, or are you? Do you um, love I'm, it there?
1: I really want to like. I feel guilty because I feel like my siblings are going to sprawl themselves. You know, my brother's going to stay over on the the East Coast, and so I'm like, you know, if I have kids, I want them to be able to have access to them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give them that and stay in the Midwest. Um, I'll be not in the hometown that I, uh, I grew up in because it's, it's just not fun, but I'll be in a bigger city, you know, you know, Omaha, Nebraska, that's a good city.
0: I've heard of it. They make fun of yeah. it in movies a lot. Yes. Now, um, <laughs> I've decided now that the episode title is Favorite Child Throws Shade. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be the episode. Cause you're like, I'm not gonna move away and break mom and dad's heart like my brothers and sisters did. I'm not like that. Um I, I, I like your enthusiasm and you have a lot of confidence, which I enjoy. I'm also seeing too well, thank you. that when you you're welcome. I'm seeing too that when you were diagnosed, your parents were like, This one's like type a and like way loony she'll be fine and so like i think that they must have said it nicer to you but i think what they were thinking was oh her neuroses will take care of this no problem
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i mean i've i've never been i mean my whole family's been healthy for the most part um and so this is the first diagnosis of something that's going to be chronic and you know um have to be taken care of And so they were just kind of like, well, we have never done this kind of thing before, but I think, I think it's going to work out. And it did.
0: (laughs) And that's really kind of like, to be serious for a minute. Um, that is, it's interesting because I have spoken to as many people who have sort of your base personality, right? Mm -hmm. Who are like, yeah, I was fine. And it it worked out okay. And in a minute, I'm going to dig into what fine meant to you. But yeah, I've also spoken to enough people who were in a different situation who say, I really needed my parents back then. They weren't that involved. I pretended I was winging it and I didn't know what I was doing. I lied a lot about my numbers so that they would feel like it was okay. Yep. So it's interesting for parents who are listening because I, I spoke at a hospital a couple of months ago Mm -hmm. and as I was leaving, one of the nurse practitioners that was there said, I really want to thank you for indicating to all these people that you're involved with your daughter's care because we have a lot of trouble, um, expressing to parents how important it is to be involved. yeah, And, and what, I think maybe, what I think maybe parents don't understand sometimes, and I believe that's a title to a DJ Jazzy Jeff Fresh Prince song, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> but what I think that parents don't understand sometimes is that when you give your kids a responsibility and you show them, look, we trust you, then when they can't accomplish what you've trusted them with, it feels like they're failing you if they tell you I'm not doing well. Mm-hmm. And that, and when that happens to kids with diabetes, they turn into thirty-five-year-old people who come on this podcast and talk about their health isn't very good and they're yep. lost. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see how much personality plays in how kids are able to manage this this burden, and it's a burden no matter what, no matter what your personality.
1: Yeah, is. yeah, and and I did one one thing that um, was different about my relationship, especially with my mom. My mom would. Um, From the time when I was diagnosed until probably I was 17, so the first few years, she would ask me at random times, you know, how have your blood sugars been? And that, I hated that. I hated it so much because she almost, like, if I would say, like, oh, they've been high, she would, like, give this, like, oh, you need to take care of that kind of thing. Like, you know, this is your thing, but I'm going to check up on you just to make sure that you're not, you know, killing yourself. You
0: know. No, no. I, I hear you. Just kind of swoop in, offer no real yep. advice or help, but go, Hey, you're not exactly. doing a good job. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Your mom and was like the equivalent wanted... Your mom's like the equivalent of the person who walks by while you're painting a house and yells, Hey, you missed a spot right there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're up on a forty foot ladder, like, you know, defying death and they're like critiquing you from afar and have no yeah. no no plans of climbing up the ladder and helping. So Exactly. I think we've learned I I I see what's going on here. Your parents can never listen to this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a good idea or not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what? You're doing well. So, and and, and, and listen, and and no, joking aside, in parenting, yep. they picked the style and it worked. Mm-hmm. So good, yep. good for them. Y- y- yeah. You know what I mean? Like, had it not worked, then we could bad mouth them, but we can't. And that's the, then that's the seriously, that's the downside of par- yeah. the parenting, which is you have to pick a, you got to pick a direction and sometimes go with it, and then sometimes you don't realize the direction you chose isn't working until it's too late. And so whether they may, you know, whether people make that decision on purpose or they get lucky, I'll take, I'll take luck. So, so tell me a little bit about if you're, if you're interested in sharing a little bit about like A1Cs through your 14, 15, 16 years, how you managed Mm -hmm. with your period and like, and that kind of stuff. Like what, so I guess first of all, first of all, what was success like? What, when you were like, Oh, I'm doing great. There are so many reasons why we chose the Omnipod for my daughter's insulin pump. But top of the list, no tubing. That was just the first thing that stuck out to me when I saw the Omnipod. All of the other pumps were a device that held insulin, and then that device pumped the insulin through this long, thin tubing that went into an infusion set. And I just thought, how's that gonna work? I mean, I guess you'll wear the device on your belt, I don't know what. And then the tubing, where does it go? Like through your clothing? I just, it all seemed kind of, I don't know. It seemed like someone designed it and thought, how do I get insulin into a person? Not how do I make living with an insulin pump a great thing? So back then, Arden was young and it was our choice to go with the Omnipod. It looked to me like something that was designed from the perspective of the person wearing it, not of the, just not of an engineer who thought, how do I get the insulin in there? But From a person who thought, how do I make this a wonderful experience? Now Arden, of course, was four years old when we did that. So you think, well, maybe Scott chose, but Arden decided later this isn't the right thing for her. Except that Arden turned 15 today. And she's still wearing the Omnipod. Because it's everything that it promises to be. And that's really all you can ask of it. It does its job, it does its well, it doesn't get in your way. It makes living with diabetes a little easier. It makes giving yourself insulin a lot easier. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box right now, and you can try a free, no-obligation demo of the Omnipod. They'll send it right to your house. First of all, what was success like? What, when you were like, oh, I'm doing great. Yeah,
1: um, so... I feel like, well, I I was in sports a lot um, in high school, mm-hmm. and so a lot of my management like revolved around that because I was constantly, you know, testing before my practices at night and making sure that I was, you know, above, you know, at that time it had to be above 150 or even, even 200 um, because I would drop because I was still on the shots and stuff. Um, but it looked a lot like, you know, I would test enough, like I would probably test five times a day, which is, uh, you know, adequate-ish. I mean, I would, you know, at times that the nurses would say that I should, um, but it was a lot of just kind of like, well, that number looks, you know, fine, or that number, like, oh, it's a little high, darn, you know, and I never had the inclination to, you know, like, give myself more insulin unless I was at a meal time because, I mean, you talk about this all the time, the fear of insulin. I mean, I Would never think to correct myself, um, especially without a CGM. And that first month after I was diagnosed was just kind of like willy nilly, like I'm trying here. Um, I'm trying my best and I tested enough. And I I always was very diligent about like waiting before I ate because they were told, they told me, you know, you can't eat unless you've taken a shot 15 minutes beforehand. Um, And so that was really hard. But then I did not use shots for more than a month. Um, I was diagnosed in November, and I got my insulin pump the following new year.
0: So, about, so I got about a very
1: quickly on, on that train.
0: Isn't it funny that it's thought of even seven years ago as a year being quickly? because yeah, that used to be the like, well, once you figure this all out, we'll let you have... Oh,
1: no, it was a month for me. Oh, a month. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yes. I thought you meant to the following January. nope. Oh, nope. geez. Well, yeah. then, yeah, it was fast.
1: Yeah, and I got lucky because, I, I mean, I was doing so, uh, uh, quote-unquote, well from... My endocrinologist who he was actually an adult diabetes doctor mm-hmm. because he um there was no PEDS endos in my semi-small town right. and he reluctantly took me on as patient. <laughs> so I can I, I kinda had to be good because otherwise I would give him trouble and he'd be like, go to a PEDS endo. They're gonna boot
0: <laughs> you. Well, you know, yeah. it's, you know, I it, it surprised me when I thought it was a year to the pump because telling you to inject fifteen minutes before is a is a forward thinking idea. So yeah. I thought, huh, it's weird that he wanted you to pre-bolus, but he didn't want to give you a pump. And then you're like, no, it was only a month. I'm like, now that makes total sense because, yep. because he understood how, you know, at least in a main, you in know, a, in, a, in a basic way, how the insulin worked and that it needed time to get going before you, before you could eat. Okay.
1: Yeah. And so, from the beginning, it was kind of like, you're going to get a pump, you know, literally in the hospital, they're like, soon you're going to get a pump, so you don't have to do this. And they'd be like, okay, that sounds great, so I don't have to inject myself. So I was definitely looking forward to it from, from the very beginning.
0: You would have looked forward to anything they said after they stuck you with the needle. <laughs> they stick you with the needle and they go, hey, there's a way you don't have to do this. And you're like, yeah. right, right on. What's that way? Uh, yeah. So so tell me – so it sounds like to me – and I'm thinking back to prior to when we kind of got it together, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and that idea of like they'd be like, you know, inject at noon for lunch, eat, and at 3 o'clock test her again – and then, you know, and they, they never talked about adjustments because it was always like time to eat again, especially with a small kid, yeah, you know? exactly. And so I remember thinking back then, excuse me, I remember thinking back then, if we only test when we know the number's going to be good, what's the point of testing? Like, don't we yeah. want to know what's happening in between? And I've said this, you know, I, I say this a lot, but when back then... I would test it crazy times. Like I yeah. feed Arden and then like a half hour later, I'm like, let's test. Then we'd go mm-hmm. into the endos office and they'd be like, why did you test a half hour 8 I'm like, well, I wanted to see what was happening. Yeah. And, and it was like, they didn't, that didn't make any sense to them. And, mm-hmm. and then CGMs became a thing. And suddenly my, you know, one of the endos looks back over records and goes, oh, you were just acting like a CGM <laughs> before they existed. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's calm. Isn't that common sense to like. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever driven yeah. somewhere and you get to your destination and you think, did I fall asleep at some point during that ride? <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? No. no. It's disconcerting and it happens to people. <laughs> For the rest of the night, you're like wondering about what happened during the trip that you didn't see. Mm-hmm. I always felt like that with the blood sugars. Like, how am I going to, I can't just be okay and go on and live my life because I somehow made it home. Like, I want to know what happened. And by the way, I want to be clear. I don't mean drinking and driving. No, I, no, I, right. no. Actually, you know, I don't ever talk about this here. I don't actually drink at all. And it's not, yeah, a, neither do I. not a moral thing. I just don't... I just never have. I probably... Yeah, have, it
1: just didn't happen.
0: I probably have not had the equivalent of a case of beer in my life. In oh, my. T- in, in total. So um, I didn't I didn't mean I, I black out drunk drive. I meant like no. there's been times I've been so tired in the middle of the night or something. Like you... You know, you just are sort of like, wow, I'm farther down the road than I remember going. It's, and it's yeah. dangerous, you know. Anyway. Definitely. Yeah, please. Um, dang, what, what do you care about, Danger? You're going to get swept away to Oz one day. <laughs> you're going to have a flying monkey and a friend with green skin. It's going to be the greatest <laughs> thing ever. You're going, oh. be, you're going to be Dorothy one day. Um, <laughs> I hope not. Or you'll get clunked in the head with a stop sign and be like, what the heck happened here? Oh, no. Do you know what A1Cs were back then?
1: Um, they test. I believe they tested my A1C at diagnosis. Like I had an endo appointment, you know, mm-hmm. that Thursday after I got diagnosed, and oh. it was like nine or something like that. So, I mean, when I when I was diagnosed, I forgot to mention my blood sugar was like five eighty, I think, which is high, but, but not I mean, like we were able to come back down.
0: Yeah, and so um, in subsequent. How often did you go to the endo? Did he see you six uh, months or does it
1: well? I think in the beginning I went every month um, because it was so new right. um, and he was nice and let us come every month because he was, he was a very busy endo because he was the only one with the 90 miles. Sure. Um, so I was blessed with an endo who was like, yeah, it's okay. Like we'll, we'll do this, you know, we'll dive in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I knew that, you know, in the sevens was good, you know, like it was something that was like,
0: we're like just trying
1: to get you down.
0: Yeah. And did that, did that happen?
1: Well, um, I think my first, like, A1C after, like, being diagnosed was, like, 8.1 or something, Um, and and then subsequently it came down from there. Yeah,
0: it makes sense. Now, see, the problem, not the problem, but what we know nowadays is that, as, you know, that A1C is pretty much a, you know, it's one indicator, it's not the whole picture, and that variability is incredibly important, right? Like the idea of like, you don't for want sure. to be, you don't want to be 300 for six hours of the day, 200 for six hours of the day and 50 for the rest of the day. And then go, Hey, look at this. I've got a 7A1C. Everything's yeah. great. And exactly. So, right. And so when did you, because I'm assuming I'm just, a, isn't it funny? I just ra- roundly assume you use a Dexcom, right?
1: Oh yeah. yeah
0: isn't that funny? I, I was mean, just
1: like, of course she does. I, and in the beginning, when I first got that pump, I got, um, Gosh, I don't even know what it's called. But it was a Medtronic uh, 720, I think. Um, and it had a sensor to it.
2: Okay. Um, oh, the one they called a harpoon? I was
1: excited about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That harpoon. I, I fainted the first time I put it in.
0: <laughs> Way to go, Medtronic.
1: Okay. So um... – <laughs>
0: Way, way to make something that people refer to as a harpoon. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, great job. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
0: to, yeah, hey, may I say something here? Let me editorialize for a second. This has got nothing to do with my guest. She doesn't feel this way. Maybe worry a little more about the experience of your patients and a little less about controlling the market and making money. And uh, and maybe you'll come up with some better stuff. Sorry, cough, go ahead. Cough. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Maddie. Keep going. Yeah.
1: Um. So, yeah, I used that. um, I got I got really excited about that because I was like, wait, I can see my numbers every five minutes and see where they're going. You know, I was excited about, you know, being able to look at my pump and immediately. And so I immediately was one of those people who was, you know, I'd be in class and I'd feel so special because I'd be able to look down and see where my number was. Um, And I would never, you know, like I, I feel like I never really thought to connect it with like, Oh, I need to give insulin because I'm over 200 or whatever. You just were just happy to, to know it. what you are. Yep. It's uh-huh. so
0: interesting. So when do you, what what gear are you using right now?
1: Right now? Um, well I've been, on, I had been on Medtronic, um, for two pump cycles, uh, almost two pump cycles. So I got the 530 G when it first came out, which is the, the next, um, the middle bad of the <laughs> Medtronic sensors. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: I didn't say that Medtronic. Somebody who used it said that. The middle band of your sensors. (laughs) Um,
1: So I was using it and um, I was just noticing all kinds of issues. And I was finally like, I deserve to demand better of my own devices. Good for you. And I actually came across um, Dexcom by literally following someone on Instagram. I, I follow up my very first Instagram account that was from the Di- of Diabetic was I Have the Sugars by Libby Russell.
0: I know that. Um, I know that name. I can't picture anything about it, but I've, I yeah. remember that's a good one. I Have the Sugars. Well done. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. Um, and so I saw that and she actually had the same setup. She had a Dexcom and she had a old Medtronic pump. And I was like, wait, I can mix and match? What? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not like bound to this.
0: It's not a uniform. And,
1: yeah. And so I like, looked into it. I was like, wait, will my insurance cover this? Like, This is not from my pump company. you know. So I looked into it, and um, this was the time that the 670G was just coming out. Mm-hmm. And so I went to my endo, and I was like, I'm not happy with the with things that I, that's happening. Like, I need something better, something better with technology. And he basically, I mean, I think he was paid by Medtronic at least a little bit. And he was like, well, I'm going to get you on the 670G. I was like, oh, well, a better pump. Okay, okay. And it Let, didn't happen. Basically. Let's stop
0: for a second just for for Maddie's own, um, you know, safety. Maddie doesn't know that and doesn't think that Medtronic or any company pays doctors to prescribe <laughs> meds because that would be incredibly illegal. And she's not saying that. And a so oh, matter no. of fact, it's possible you'll just hear a giant beep prior to me saying this. Uh, but but anyway, Maddie, there are yeah. laws that would preclude um, companies from paying doctors directly oh, to prescribe their whatever. stuff, right? All right. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, uh, mm-hmm. before those laws were in place, companies would fly doctors to nice places like Hawaii yep. to show them their insulin pumps and their drugs oh, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and they have been known to send... Um, I'm making, air quotes, uh, sales associates who look a little more like supermodels to the office with bagels and pens. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. But no one pays a doctor to do that. That would be illegal. And you didn't mean to say that anybody would. No, no, no. Right. But. Maddie's a child. She's – how old are you? Remind <laughs> I'm people. 20. She's 20. She's like – she's basically five years old if you think about your whole life. I would
1: never say that. Right.
0: She didn't – nothing – and, again, let's move on. So yes. you went to the doctor.
1: Um, enough about that. Right. <laughs> I was proactive, and mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to get something else. He didn't end up being able to get me that pump. So I said, no, I want something different. I want a Dexcom. Because I, I was noticing how she was putting her numbers to her phone. I'm like, what? Diabetes can be in your phone? Mm-hmm. And as a teenager, that was just so appealing to me. So I said, I want that. And he was like, okay, I guess. I guess. And so I got it. But I'm going to have to give
0: the bagels (sighs) back, Maddie. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, And I was just so happy with it. I mean, the calibrations were fine because uh, the old sensors that I had ever had, you know, you had to calibrate it like four times a day. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was an incredible freedom for me. Good.
0: Uh, I'm glad. And so I'm going to get back to something. I'm going to get right back to this after I say this. I said bagels because I live on the East Coast. And... (laughs) For those of you who live in the Midwest and other parts of the country, I've been there and eaten what they tell you is a bagel. And just let me tell you, it's not. Uh, it's terrible, the thing they give you. And if you ever come east, please get something made out of bread. Uh, a pretzel, okay, I'll
1: get a bagel. A pretzel. Next time I'm in New
0: York. A bagel, some bread. That thing that they hand you in, I was in Indianapolis once. And I said, can I get a bagel? I was getting ready to get on a plane and I was at my hotel and I was like, can I just get a bagel? I'm just going to put a little something in my stomach before I fly home. And um, I'm just, I don't like to have too much going on while I'm flying. Right. So the girl brings it out. And at first I stared at it and then I was like, okay, it just looks different, right? Probably the water. And, uh, and I, I tried it and then she came back over and she says, you're not eating your bagel. And I went, listen, this isn't a bagel. I, I don't know what this is. But you it's missed the mark. terrible and you should get on this plane with me and come find out what a bagel is because even a bagel that you would buy in a New York airport, which I'm going to assume is dirty, um, <laughs> is a thousand to a million times better than the thing she tried to hand me. Now we've spoken too long about bread products, um, but <laughs> but let us move on to you yeah. getting a Dexcom. How long ago was that?
1: Um. So. It was a year and a half ago, so it was that summer, um, June of 2017, uh, and, and I went all in. Still, I got an Apple Watch before I got my Dexcom. I was like, I'm going to do all of it. <laughs> that's
0: – that's. I, I like the leap in, first of all. What yeah. Pu- and what pump did you have then at that point?
1: I still had the 530G.
0: What do you have now? And
1: so I, – and I actually am still in warranty with that pump, um, but mm-hmm. – You can, um, go to Omnipod and say, you need to pay me more because your podcast got me on the Omnipod because of, um, it was in the end of December. You released that podcast real quick and talked about the horizons or, uh, well, horizon and, um, whatever the other one was. Dash is coming out. The the new PDM. Yep. And yeah, and they were, I was so excited because there was no f- upfront cost. So I was like, ooh, that sounds nice. So I just called Omnipod to be like, okay, what's my situation? It just happened to be like December 26th. And they were like, you can get it right now for $150. That was my copay. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did it.
0: Omnipod, you can just send that money to my house in a check if you like. or oh,
1: <laughs>
0: Joking. I'm not joking and I'm joking. Well, good for you. And, and seriously, yeah. you were locked into something. It felt it felt restrictive it wasn't what you liked and you were proactive and you got up the all the joking aside about you know what pump I use or or you know who, who I'm doing business with um it it really is that's amazing because a lot of people get pressured by that and then just mm-hmm. put their head down and take it over and over again and and forget you know let's not Crap on Medtronic again. Although we could and we should, Medtronic, but we're not going (laughs) to. And so, you know, any situation—if you have an Omnipod and you really hate it, you should go do something else. You know what I mean? Like try something else. So now, so now, in the more recent time, like in the last six months, you told me before we started recording that you started listening to the podcast. So, yeah, what have you done? We have fifteen minutes left. I want to. I want to hear about what you've done and, and how it's going with, with your day-to-day care?
1: I guess I was still afraid. Um, I, I would, before I listened to the podcast, I would think, I, and I would see, you know, on my CGM, I was at, you know, two ten, just chilling there for like, you know, three hours. And I'd be like, Oh, it's, I'm not happy with it, but I have active insulin and I try to correct, but it was active. So I was like, I'll just wait. So I would always wait because, um, my pump told me I couldn't, give any insulin right there. So I guess I was in this mindset of like, it has to be a full correction or nothing. Um, and I never really thought of this, like this thing where I could just be like, I'm going to give a unit and see what happens. Yeah. Um, And that was a really big concept that changed a lot for me.
0: I'm glad. And I'll tell you, isn't it interesting? You just said like, my pump said I shouldn't do more. Yeah. But that pump makes that decision based on pretty arbitrary numbers. Your doctor puts into the pump. Right, yeah. It tells you, it, you know, for instance, for people who don't know, if I say, you know, if I'm your doctor and I tell you, you have an insulin to carb ratio that is two units for a hundred carbs mm-hmm. and you tell it you've eaten 50 carbs and you put in a unit, well, the pump says, well, okay, you've put in enough, but that doesn't mean it's enough. It just means it, it, it correlates with what the doctor said the insulin to carb ratio was. Yeah. Right. And so. And if the, and there's a insulin action time setting in your pump, you tell, you tell your pump, Hey, I believe that uh, a bolus or any insulin stays active in my body for four hours, six hours, Mm -hmm. three hours, two hours, whatever it is. And because of that setting, say you had it set at four hours and you put in the correct amount of insulin, no matter what happens to your blood sugar next, the kind of rudimentary um, decisions that the pump's making based on information that, a person put in without knowing if it was right or not. The pump's saying, hey, we put in enough insulin and this insulin's gonna be live for four hours. So it's not going to tell you for hours that it's okay to to give yourself more insulin. So so you're just listening to what possibly could be really false information. And I yeah. th- this is a good time for me to tell you that I don't even Arden doesn't even have an insulin to carb ratio. I
1: know you just give units and I'm like, that scares me so much.
0: I don't even know. I wouldn't even begin to know. And, um, yeah, it's about, you know, I think of it backwards. I look at the plate and I think that's eight units. And if we give her enough of a pre bolus, then the initial, you know, the initial impact of the carbs won't be able to overpower the pre bolus. And then if we start to see a drift up later, excuse me, I will then assume that the eight units wasn't enough, and I will stop the arrow and bump it and nudge it back down again, and Mm ta-da. You you know, um, it really is that easy. Yeah. You know, um, I was just speaking with someone prior to getting on with you, and she sent me a, a graph, and she's like, look, I'm getting it. But she had some lows, and I'm like, "Oh, you're you know not crazy lows, like 65." Where she and I was like, yeah. "I see, the, I see where it's unbalanced, and you got to shift around, you know this. You might actually need less insulin, not more insulin, if you do it sooner." And we're kind of chatting about it a little bit, and it was just it was just uplifting. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just it was incredible to see the before and after, um, and I'm really I'm, I'm thrilled that it worked out for you as well. So now, yeah, where where do you? Like, you used to say you'd say 210 and think, oh, I'm not happy with this, but it was okay. Where do you correct that now? Like, what what number do you see where you're like, ooh, what am I doing?
1: Um, I work a lot with, like, um, the Dexcom, like, arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if I'm rising above, like, 160 or 170, I'll do something um but if it's a straight arrow I'll wait, you know, like an hour or something to see if it comes back down cuz I do tend to come back down if I do spike to that but after a meal. But as and something that's really changed since listening to the podcast is at night I would be terrified to give any insulin at night and like why would I do that? You know, I'm at 160 all night it's fine whatever. Um so now I have it set at 140 at night for my high um so if it's over that, I'm going to give something because I've realized how how big of a difference a blood sugar of 140 and 80 is as I'm waking up.
0: Yeah. Oh oh how you feel.
1: Oh no, for breakfast. You oh. know, you're setting yourself up for failure. If you're gonna have a blood sugar of one forty, you're gonna have to try and get that down, but also bolus for breakfast and then your whole day's thrown off.
0: Yep, because if you start bolusing at eighty and you miss on your blood sugar, you might end up back at 140. If you miss at 140, you're going to be at 220 and it's going to start climbing and you're not going to be able to control yeah. You're going to get insulin resistant. It's all gonna like, oh, look at you, Maddie. You are a uh, star pupil. Um, we'll although, <laughs> although, Maddie, but to be clear, I've never given you advice because nothing no. on this podcast is advice. I just talk about- Medical or otherwise. You've made decisions on your own, Maddie. Yeah. Uh, much like when you bad mouth Medtronic, your- this fam, is
1: my own volition. Your,
0: your parents- your siblings. <laughs> Iowa.
1: Um,
0: I talked poorly about bagels, but I mean, honestly, I've been pretty nice through this whole thing. Um, but <laughs> I, I should have you on more often. I like how you're willing to throw people under the bus while you're talking.
1: <laughs> I mean, I speak the truth. I just speak the truth.
0: <laughs> okay. So let me let me add on to what you said for a second. Yeah. You're still pretty new into the podcast. You're about six months in. Yeah you're going to realize at some point that a 140 that you drop from later is still a mistiming of your insulin. It's incredibly better than what you were – incredibly better is probably not English. It's much better than what you had prior. Yeah. But it's not not quite there yet. And so there will be a way for you to change the timing and the amount enough that not only does the 140 not happen, but the insulin is getting – for the lack of a better term, used up, you'll balance the action of the insulin against the impact of the carbs better. And so uh-huh. you'll stop the rise, keep your line flatter, and then as you go out in time, the insulin and the food will sort of lose force at a similar at
1: same time, time. Yep.
0: keeping you from getting low. So you're ver- you are at a point now, without ever seeing your graphs, that I would say you're close, like like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're really close to the idea, and by the way, if you never got any closer than this, you're doing great, you, you know what I mean, I, like absolutely yeah. spectacular, so congratulations, good for you, very happy for you.
1: And but, I mean, I was, I was really happy because like, I mean, my last two A1Cs have come down, and I, I thought that my last A1C was going to be a 6.4 because of Dexcom, but it turned out to be a 6.2, and that's the lowest it's ever been.
0: One more time, dancingfordiabetes.com. Dancing the number four, diabetes.com. D a n c i n g four d i a b e t e s dot c o m. Good for you. That's excellent. Congratulations. That's a lot of hard work, and you deserve you deserve to feel good about that. And people who don't have a six two who are listening, don't see Maddie's thing as being like. Oh, that girl like just got lucky or like being angry at her. What you think is, in my opinion, you should think it's hopeful. It's possible. Yeah. I can do that too. She's describing a world where she didn't really know what she was doing. Yeah. And then she figured it out and she's got a 6-2 and she's calling her 6-2 not perfect yet. Which means yeah. there's more space in there. And and I think this is the most important part. Do you feel overwhelmed by the amount of effort you have to give to your diabetes now
1: um, sometimes I get annoyed with the highs because I can't get them down, but overall, I feel like I can take it by the horns and just say, I know how to deal with the situation
0: Good.
1: and know what's going to happen in the future versus like questioning it, you know?
0: Can I make a suggestion about the highs?
1: <laughs> Those highs. <laughs>
0: yeah. Move your, um, move your alarm down lower.
1: I've got it at 160 right now.
0: I know. But listen, if you, if you, listen, I didn't say it was bad. I'm not coming down on you, man. Yeah. Don't come at me. I don't want to hear shade about me later. because
1: like, just, <laughs> you, you know what, Scott, you, dude. You keep
0: heaping that on your family. Leave me alone. Okay. But listen, <laughs> here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Say you're 90 and you're cruising along and you're nice and stable. And you haven't had insulin in a while. You haven't had food in a while. You start drifting up. You get to yeah. 120. It would take a tiny amount of insulin comparatively, to get you back to 90. But once you get to 160, now your blood sugar has momentum, it's a little resistant, and you need to use more insulin to bring it down. Eventually, that insulin you put in to bring down that 160 will become unbalanced with whatever was forcing your blood sugar up. So that force will be gone, the insulin will remain and you'll get low. Then you'll have to feed the low And then you you end up on the roller coaster.
1: Yeah, that's the cycle I get in sometimes.
0: But if you just go to 120 and bump it back, you've only used a tiny bit of insulin for that. Yeah. You've stopped the high and you're not going to cause a low later. And Uh it takes less of your time, effort, and focus to do that than it does to fight with the 160. Does any of that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. All
0: right, we'll get at it then. Let's go. Right.
1: Just
0: do it. Yeah. I don't want to have to have your parents on this podcast is to throw it back at you. Be like, you know what? Maddie yeah. doesn't. She's you know, She says she's great, but she's just okay. I'm sure. <laughs> I would love to. I would just love to talk to your mom personally for five seconds. I, I, w- <laughs> I really want to hear the story where she's like, oh, that poor girl. We told her she was the favorite. But I mean, honestly, people don't have favorites. Or do people have favorites? I don't. Maybe. I was saying this to my kids. Do you moment. have a favorite? No, I like both of my kids differently and equally. Yeah. They're different people who I guess I'm lucky enough to like. And I mean, I guess they could be like a-holes and I'd be like, Oh my God, like, look at this. But I, I'll tell you right now, I have a very simple parenting style. Man, yeah. Here's my goal. And maybe you'll want to take this into adulthood one day. If you yeah. ever meet a boy and want uh, <laughs> to ruin your life with a pet and a house and a dog and, a, and maybe a kid, but um, <laughs> two, two simple ideas. But the bigger one is this. I want to raise a kid that when they grow up and go out in the world, and they're around a bunch of people, and they're being themselves. That when my kid walks away from that group, the group doesn't turn back to each other and be like, "Oh my God, what an," a**. and like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, True. I just want to raise yeah. a kid who's not an. A**. And I'm gonna have to beat that out twice, but but, <laughs> but that's all I want. Like, I think the rest yeah. of it might take care of itself if he's just a decent person. Yeah, and, you know what I mean, and not not a not a people pleaser, not like he's with that group of people and yeah. like you know doing everything they want and everything, but just yeah. he's himself. And to other people on looking, that seems okay. Yeah. See how low my go- my bar is? I I, I think if That's you said That's not
1: it, low. You just wanted to raise a decent human being. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I didn't know this was going to turn you into try. therapy for me. I appreciate this. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So we're coming up on an hour. Yeah. I want to make sure that we've spoken about everything you want. And if we have, I'd like to circle back around and finish up with um, with the College Diabetes Network again.
1: Oh, I wanted to, I don't know if you've heard of of this, but, oh, this is going to come out later, but maybe by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be a thing. Omnipod and Loop, like, you know, you know, the one that you don't want to put together yourself.
0: I I know. I know. So somebody, somebody just, so again, people will hear this six months from now, but we are in February of 2019 recording this and Jason, who's been on the show before, uh-huh. Um, no, some, uh, somebody cracked the security, I guess, in an Omnipod yeah. and set up a DIY loop with Omnipod and Dexcom. Is that right?
1: Yes. And I'm, I, I, I've been literally going as, I mean, I was in class yesterday trying to learn physiology, but this news, I was just so excited. <laughs> I was digging deep into Facebook groups and Slack chats and all these things. And I was like, I want all the information I can't have. 'Cause so many people have success with it, you know.
0: Does your brain work that way? Do you think you could set up your own like loop
1: Well, system? I think I think that it takes a lot less effort than than um a I don't know, techie person needs. Okay. But I am techie enough and also I mean I, I follow a a lady on Instagram, she uses the system for her four-year-old, yeah. and it works wonderfully. No. And if she can keep her kid alive with that, I feel like I can keep my myself alive with it, you know? Absolutely.
0: Listen, you're gonna, I,
1: I'll, I'm always willing to take a, a
0: leap. I, it's very cool. You're going to be yeah. – we're all going to be there sooner than later. There's going to yeah. be um, – my expectation is, my hope, and I know nothing, but my hope is that when the dash comes out for Omnipod, that means then the um, – communications will change inside of the pod itself that will, and I'm assuming Tidepool is working on an algorithm right now to work with Omnipod. You'll be able to download Tidepool on your phone and pair your decks and your Omnipod together probably well before Omnipod even has Horizon on the market.
1: Which is really encouraging because that means that these companies aren't saying, you know, I'm better than you, no, I'm going to do it. You know, it's it's becoming like, no, I'm going to do it first, but they're, they're both going to happen. And it's a really healthy place to be, you yeah, know
0: you're hundred percent right. It is a very um a modern way of thinking, and, yeah, and i have I've been told by people at Omnipod they want people to have choice. So yes. I guess they'll they'll hope you use their horizon system and you love their algorithm. And if you want to use Tidepool's algorithm in the future, then they're happy if you do that. You know, like mm-hmm. they just they want you to be. They want you to have choice. Unlike other pump companies, Maddie, who like to lock people into long contracts, force <laughs> insulin—excuse uh, me—force insurance companies to use only their product, and then make it, oh. and then make, if I can, uh, it, and and I will, something that really doesn't make their patients happy or healthier, but yet are they're thrilled to force them to use it so that they can make money?
1: Yeah, I actually ran into a lady last night when I was in a workout class, and she had that unnamed pump and um i showed her my dexcom and i showed her my my watch and she's like you can see that on your phone what and she was like an older woman and i was just like lady you have to know your options so many people (laughs) don't know their options
0: well it's
1: and it just makes me sad because you should be able to have the options
0: i think one day you want to you want to hear something serious from me yeah i think one day companies who put actual effort into innovation And helping their patients to live better and easier and give them healthier lives that take less focus, like less of your time up. I think that companies Mm -hmm. who have that focus will one day unseat a company who says, look, our stuff isn't as good, but if we set this, you know, if we set this whole thing up correctly on the insurance side, then we can kind of keep our. Our hold on the market, yeah, and and I think that that's not going to work forever. So, yeah, I'm excited because yeah, and I can too. see. By the way, I can see why they thought that it was going to work because, uh, you know, I don't know how people are how aware people are of this, but I thought that Tandem was going to go out of business in the U.S. like a year and a half ago. Gosh,
1: like I hope was, they don't. It, it was
0: looking like they were going to run to Europe and just mm-hmm. and just work there, and they didn't.
1: I think that people are choosing more, and they're choosing those two other pumps it's over. It's
0: great. It's great for people that there's choice, right? Yeah, for uh, there, sure. There was a time years and years and years ago where I thought I wasn't sure what Omnipod was doing, but yeah. uh, but now a number of years ago they there was a big switch over at the top of the company, and the, and the whole focus of the company changed. Uh-huh. And now you can see a real pa- uh, patient centric uh, people who are focused on doing better for people and yeah. and making them making their lives better. And so I, I like that. There's two companies doing that, but then Medtronic's the other one, you know, and yeah. we lost Animus and y- you can't, you can't let those other companies get forced out because then you're all just going to be using a pump that, you know, Maddie just described as not great and yeah. painful because it's the only one. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's I don't for think sure. that's gonna win out. I think there are a lot of I'm cynical about a lot of things, but I don't think that's gonna work for them so no, I don't think so, so yeah. i think I think they're making a business decision that that focuses on now and money instead of long term, and I don't think they're gonna win that fight so uh there's there's my prediction
1: yeah, okay. we'll see yes, we will
0: all right, Maddie, so the college diabetes network is there? Is there a, uh, what do you call it, a branch, not a branch, Um, uh, what is it? Chapter. A chapter. Is there a chapter at every university, or if there's not, Um, can I start one, or how does that uh, all work?
1: Yeah, so um, when I looked at the map, there's a map that I I looked at before I came to college because I was like, ooh, maybe there's one in Iowa, and there wasn't um, when I first looked, so that's why I was all excited when I saw um, the girls Facebook post. Um, so you can look at a map and you can pick college you're going to, and it'll tell you if there's one already. Um, and if there's not, you are always free to start a chapter. Um, and I think that it's important that people say like, it's not there, but I'm going to do it, you know, because there's so many, like at any college campus, I think we said, we were trying to do the math, how many, uh, type one diabetics there are on this campus. And it had to have been like 2000 or something.
0: Wow. It's a big school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, and, and so you guys have, you know, basically, I mean, tell people what the chapter does.
1: We aim to do two things, educate and, and just advocate for diabetes and to just support college students. Um, because I know when I came to college as a freshman, obviously I tried to plan as hard as I could, but it was nice to have that even preliminary group chat to go to and say, Oh my gosh, I'm. I've got six units left and I'm stuck in class all day. Does anyone have this infusion site or whatever um, to help me out? Or um, I've got ketones and I'm not sure what to do next. Um, Because I mean, I've met a girl who she was actually diagnosed her sophomore year of college. And I feel like this would have been such a community that could help her to you know battle through that and just to have support. And then also just in the world we live in today, educating more and more people about, I mean, today it's a really good, um, platform to talk about like the price of insulin. Um, and just talking about like what causes diabetes and stuff like that. How many Um, people
0: do you have in your chapter? It's a fairly new one, I assume, but how, how many people do you have members? Do you have,
1: um, so our first meeting of last semester, we had like 25 people, which was really good. Um, we're still struggling to have like, you know, regular, uh, attenders but I think that it can only grow I hope <laughs> so um Listen, yeah we're just
0: Maddie let me tell you best. this right now okay uh, and this is a, a yeah absolutely blanket offer it stands for as long as you're there or somebody else is there you get let's put a number on it because I got to go to Iowa all right uh-huh. but you put how many did you say were at that school
1: oh there's 30,000
0: and how many people would type one? you think almost 2,000
1: oh maybe all right
0: you get an auditorium and put in a few hundred people, I'll come down and do we can do a whole thing. We can do the whole bold with insulin talk, do and yeah. QA, help and uh, absolutely do that. I can't come for twenty five people because of the bagels. If you have people at bag bagels, then maybe okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but but if you can get a nice group together, I'll come out and I'll give the talk and, and spend spend some like real time. And if you want to do it over, you know, a number of hours, I won't rush yeah. I won't rush in and out.
1: Well, I I wrote that down, so we will keep that in mind and I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And that by the way,
0: that offer's there for anybody. If you can put yeah. enough people together um who wanna who wanna talk about this, I'd love to come talk about it with them. So I do it with the JDRF because the J D R F has the ability to pull together people. Yeah. You know, I go to Ohio. There were, God, there were over 500 people at Ohio. That thing was insane. Oh, my goodness. Such an amazingly well run event. So cool. Yeah. I'm heading out to Arizona actually in a couple of days. Oh, fun. Yeah. It said do it there. And it's oh, not...
1: Arizona. I want to go to Arizona right now. Yeah, apparently,
0: it's only like 50 <laughs> degrees there. So it's not going to help me much. But, and actually, it's 20 degrees warmer. <laughs> let me, let me, I'll leave you with this. Since yeah. you seem jealous about Arizona, I'm going to get yeah. on a plane in New Jersey at nine o'clock in the morning on Friday. Yeah. I'll get out there five or so hours later. I get to spend an hour or two holding myself together, showering and getting changed. I have to go to a dinner to make nice with people. Yeah. And then I go to bed, get up. I do three different talks over six hours. And literally when the last one's over, I'm going to shake hands, say goodbye. They're going to stuff me in a car, drive me back (laughs) to the airport. I'm going to fly five hours back home because my son's birthday is the next day. And, oh my. and his baseball team is playing. So my wife and I and my daughter, we're going to go see him play baseball on his birthday. Yeah. And then I, assuming sometime after those baseball games and on Sunday, I will pass out. Probably like you almost did when you saw the Bedtronic CGM.
1: <laughs> <And now laughs> yeah. I, I've
0: brought everything full circle and we can
1: <laughs> have fun. Yeah. Even though it's going to be quick, it'll be good, uh, productive trip, I'm sure.
0: I, I think it, absolutely. I'm very excited because they've got a great group of people who are really interested and I'm thrilled to get yep. out there. Now, Maddie, before we say goodbye, do you want to apologize to anyone in your family or tell them you were joking or anything like that? I, I will give you the time right now. Go ahead.
1: Oh, my family loves me and they know I love them and we have peace already. <laughs>
0: Excellent. I'm pretty sure this episode is going to be called Favorite Child Throw Shade, but we'll find out later.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll see you in a few months. Right.
0: I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Good luck at school. I didn't ask
0: you. Um, What do you, do you have a major?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm actually in the process of applying for nursing school here at Iowa. Congratulations. So my, my goal, and I'm talking a lot about diabetes in my application because I want to be a CDE. So crossing our fingers.
0: Good for you. Congratulations. And I, and, and I wish you nothing but luck.
1: Thank you so much. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Bye.
0: Thank you so much, Maddie, and thank you Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. You can check the advertisers out at the links that I've provided earlier or at juiceboxpodcast.com and right there in your podcast app. There's show notes. Just click on it. Boom! You know how the internet works. Listen, we had a huge power outage in our house while I was editing this episode, and so it is now like... 15 hours after i started doing this and it's three o'clock in the morning but i wanted you guys to wake up on tuesday morning to a new episode i'm a dedicated podcaster you guys are dedicated listeners it's the least i could do i hope you enjoyed maddie i thought she was terrific i love the way she joked about her family i hope you did as well and thanks to everyone for the great reviews you guys have been leaving on itunes really appreciate those and as a small token of my appreciation, this is what it sounds like before the podcast starts to record. Testing, one, two, three. Hello. Maddie, hi. How are you?
1: Okay, I got to turn this up really quick. Speak again. Hello. Okay, yes. That's great.
0: Nice. I So I'm... <laughs> You'll laugh at me, but Arden has a snow day today.
1: Oh my gosh. It's snowing here too. we just got a huge blizzard.
0: Where, where, where are you at? Iowa. Iowa. No. I just assume it snows in Iowa constantly during the winter. Does it not?
1: Oh my gosh. We've gotten like two feet of snow in the last month. I swear. <laughs> it just never ends.
0: I apologize. I, I feel badly about that. Um, I, so, That's okay. so here's what happens here, right? We cancel and I'm, they cancel. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to sleep more. So I sleep more and I get up later. Now I'm up later and, you know, I don't have the recycling out. I can hear the truck driving around. I'm running around with the recycling.
1: (laughs) Everything shifts.
0: (laughs) Everything gets messed up. And then I get everything taken care of and I'm having breakfast and and I'm so pleased with myself. I'm just lollygagging around like, like, this is all good. And then I'm like, you know, it's later than I think it is. It's so... (laughs) I set this up like four minutes ago, <laughs> so I'm like plugging things in. Well, good timing, s- s- good start- timing. Starting yeah. files, like I'm like running around like crazy, and I said to my, my wife's working from home because of the weather, and I was yeah. like, I said, look, uh, I have to record right now. She goes, you said that was like later. I'm like, apparently <laughs> it is later now, and she, <laughs> so.
1: Suddenly it's 1030, it's just crazy. Happened pretty
2: quickly. <laughs>